Welcome to the Lucky From Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts. We've got Tom Mannering. Tom Kit Man- Mannering. And You're going to have me, to beat that now. And me, Josh Hartley. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm leaving the... Uh, yeah, I'm censoring it, but I'm going to leave the first one in. Right? <laughs> so that people that. understand why I'm laughing when... Can you imagine I, putting I that before the, the, the sort of the credits roll as well? The credits, for want of a better term. Yeah, <laughs> just me yelling that at the audience, then then the intro, then that, yeah. and they'd be like, what is going on here? Yeah, yeah, that that could be how this pans out. We'll find it's fair. out. It's fair. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm warm. <laughs> I'm really, really warm. I must have, like, the coolest house in Glasgow, because, it's right. like... When I was recording with Ben, like it, um, he he was roasting hot as well. Yeah. And like, I've, I, and actually, we haven't had a plug for Ash and a hold art. I, I haven't even set it up right, but like, oh. <laughs> where did that even come from? Well, because he's been streaming, and he was okay. saying that he, he was really hot. He's had to have his window open on stream because it's really warm. Okay. And uh, we get all the sound effects of his neighbourhood. I'm with you. Um, I'm with you now. Yeah. There's a, a, there's a chain there. So yeah, I get it. I get it. So like, but I I'm never I'm never like that. My house is nice and chill. So so normally I would say I'm the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'm going through the change or something at the moment, but I just seem, <laughs> seem really really warm at the minute. I'm gonna sound really ignorant here, but I'm pretty certain that's not a thing for men. It's not, no. It's not <laughs> like I'm, I'm like 99% sure that's not a thing. And it's in, in fact, it's not even really a laughing matter. It was, uh, I've, I've, I've experienced the not firsthand, obviously, but I've experienced uh, someone going through that, and it, it is rough, man. It's, right. It is hard going. I, I, I imagine from what I, uh, what I gleaned uh, from my third-hand experience, but. It's, I'm just so warm, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm flush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say. Um, ice bath. Ice? No, don't do that. That sounds horrible. <laughs> so I've got yeah. like, I've got all the windows open myself, which means I get the, you know, the ambient Glasgow noise, which is mm-hmm. always characterful, as I'm, I'm sure you're aware. Well, and uh, unlike uh, Ben, you live a lot closer to the city centre as well, mm-hmm. so you get, um, you get the characters. Yeah. Having well, their funnily chat. enough, literally just before this recording, I was watching a film, uh, mm-hmm. and in the film, the character goes into like a dodgy neighbourhood. And he's walking through this dodgy neighborhood and um, loads of like, you can hear, you know that thing where like, when they're in a dodgy neighborhood, you can hear people yelling and stuff and like mm-hmm. glasses smashing and... There's really, a dog barking yeah. in the background. Like. And as I'm watching this scene in the film, uh, I, I almost mistook it for a scene in the, for like a sound effect in the film, but outside my window at the front of my flat... Someone was going, you know, the usual kind of stuff, yeah. like, 3-0, whatever it is. Uh, and someone just yelled, who are you? And the guy just went, I'm the legend. I was like, what is going on? Wow. Wow. Which which film was it, by the way? Uh, Shazam. Um, uh, any good? It's really good, yeah. All right. Like, even for someone who doesn't follow superhero stuff at all? 
Yeah, so I I watched it with uh, with Iona, and she mm-hmm. she really enjoyed it. And she's not like a, a comic book geek by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's a it's a it's a fun family film with some very not family friendly scenes in it. Uh, right. Weirdly enough, there's there's some stuff in it that's not like dark dark, but it's certainly darker than I would be comfortable letting a child if I had one. Uh, or just a random child that I'd kidnapped to watch a film. Uh, watch. Tom doesn't do that. <laughs> Tom doesn't do that. Legal disclaimer just on the bottom of the episode. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was. It was uh, it's a good film though. Yeah. Just okay. a Random segue. I was like, I, I don't know. I, I like because I, as you know, and regularly chastise me for. I haven't. Ke- I never kept up with all the Marvel films, mm-hmm. but I find the DC films apart apart from like older Batman films. I find all of the DC extended universe films like quite. Uh. <laughs> so it's a it's a pretty common complaint against the 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 DC universe as it is, is that for some reason when they did uh, Man of Steel, they mm. went for this really kind of um, grim sort of grayscale almost depiction and and they tried to give superman you know like a lot of people think you know he's a bit bit of a boy scout and all this kind of stuff and they tried to kind of put superman in a very realistic kind of scenarios and it it didn't really work and you saw it reflected again in batman v superman and justice league had a lot of work done to it to make it less gritty Mm -hmm. um but with the the subsequent films that they've done like uh, Shazam and uh, Aquaman—they've—they've they've leaned a little bit more into the the comedy stylings, you know, and the, okay. the kind of comic esque, where it's more colourful and you know, it's it's a little sillier, um, because that's what people tend to want. You know, they don't really want the, the grim and gritty Superman. It's not really. Yeah, a... it's fair. That's fair. Um, I'd I'd say I'll, I'll I'll maybe give that a watch. I know fine well I won't. So I'm um, I'm not even gonna pretend. How so. how are you today anyway? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, I I I can say this on the podcast. I've got big real life news to to report on. You do. Um, I have uh, accepted an offer on my flat. So this is the first property I've ever sold. So bit of a surreal moment. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna be. Um, I I had it confirmed earlier this year that I can work from home permanently. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to um, move back down to the county I'm from, Cumbria, so I can be a bit closer to my family. Uh, don't worry, you're not getting rid of me that easily. We're, we're still very much... I mean, we've been recording the Unlucky Frog Gaming podcast over the internet for like the past 18 months near enough anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. yeah. We've, we've very much changed the way we do things because I remember back in... Back when when I first started recording with you guys, which was episode seven, uh, I actually thought it was a lot later. But I learned today the first time. Wow, I was ever episode on seven was it was episode seven. Yeah, I was only a guest back then. You know, I wasn't. Yeah, uh, I wasn't the the co-host that I am today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but but by then, yeah, my first one was episode seven, and I remember me, you, and Ben like huddled in in Ben's spare bedroom. You know, like around a single mic kind of thing. Um, it's a bit different nowadays. I do not go back and listen to like our really early episodes. How painful is it? It's not too bad actually. I, I listened to the um, for reasons that will become apparent down the road. I, I list, I've been listening to some older episodes, and uh, I, I listened to the. 
the pilot as well and a couple of others today uh, while I was doing some other bits and pieces and it's it sounds quite good that you you don't really notice it. I mean obviously the, the quality and, and everything's a lot better now because you know got a lot better at doing it you know we're, we're using we've, we've forked out for actually good equipment <laughs> yeah so. uh, you know so there's there's certainly a, a, an increase in that but i mean i was listening to the the pilot episode which i actually thought would have a lot more fanfare at the start of it but it really isn't like you you launch into it like it was just you know another episode is there's no like you know welcome to the podcast podcast this is what it's going to be about there's nothing like that you just <laughs> you start talking and the first thing you do which i did find quite funny you open the episode bitching about games workshop of course and I was we're, like, well, we're, we're, games on brand. we're games workshop fans so of course we're going to complain about them you're that we're, right. like it's uh, i'm i'm like a, i'm a games workshop fan and a wizards of the coast fan as well so like i'm i'm full of hate for the things the people that make the things i love little <laughs> uh, little little quiz for you josh on the spot oh god all right what month of what year did you release the first episode uh september 2017 close it's october 2017 ah damn uh, close and <laughs> what was you were talking about games workshop in the first episode why were you talking about Games Workshop? Uh, we were talking about... It was a lawsuit, wasn't it? It was. Um, That's impressive. Oh, man. man. What was the lawsuit about, though? Because it, it's not the it's not the lawsuit about um, P- Bits companies. It's a lawsuit that some hack from Florida levied against them claiming copyright infringement because they were using loads of science fiction and fantasy tropes. Boom! There we go. Memory. Still I'm genuinely got it. impressed. Genuinely impressed. I don't often compliment you on this podcast, but that is impressive, mate. On this podcast or real life. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's fair. That's fair, but I'll give you that one. Because I couldn't remember. So, so we talked about that, and then in another early episode, it might be later on in the first episode, Ben talks about Creature Caster and his bad experience with them. I can't mind if that's like the very first episode or if that's a little later on. I'm going to be honest, I didn't listen to all of the first episode. <laughs> well, you, I, lack, I you clearly lot. lack commitment. Well, I'm listening to a lot, right? I'm, I'm yeah. trying, to, trying to work through quite a few, so I'm, I'm kind of just uh, cherry-picking bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, I, I listened to like the first 20 minutes of that one um, and sort of bits and pieces. Because back, uh, we, there's obviously been a lot of format changes over the 100 mm nearly 150 episodes that you've done back at the early days you were doing like an hour and then you sort of shifted to 30 minutes and now we've shifted to however long we feel is necessary basically yeah <laughs> like it's just too much effort to try yeah. and think like plan specifically uh, a specific time so it usually lands between half an hour and an hour yeah there we, we are get, like, we'll get in that ballpark yeah. it's fine yeah wing it listeners yeah. don't care <laughs> Uh, yeah. So and back. Uh, so so back to my point. I will be uh, moving house at some point in the relatively near future. Uh, I need to get a, a settlement date. Uh, given how long it takes solicitors to get things sorted, I, I, I think it'll be like late in the summer, maybe autumn by the time I'm actually moving. But I'm gonna. My my brother. Shout out Oscar if you're listening. Uh, is is let me stay with him for a little bit while I. Um, Shop for a new house in sunny Carlisle. So. Sorry to hear that, Oscar. That's uh, that's going to be rough on you, mate. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm 
I'm a delight. Yep, yep, you're something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, oh, no, I do have another bit of big uh, sort of in real life news. Uh, I got my first vaccine on Sunday. Well, so, yeah. How did you feel yeah. afterwards? Yeah, not too bad. I'm on uh, I'm on Team Pfizer, uh, and I was a little sniffly. Mm. Um, the, the, the weird side effect that I've had. This is probably too much information, but I'm going to say anyway. Um, I'm one of the I'm I'm within the one percent of people that get a swollen armpit when I, when I had my vaccine, which not painful, just a bit weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get that. I've I've had that before from from something else and it is really really strange to have a, a swollen arm but you don't really know what to do with it it's like well this is new mm. i i'm true to form i'm contrary to you uh i'm i'm astrazeneca uh so my my first one which i had a few months back was rough like you know i was i, I wasn't mm. as rough as i've heard some people have been um i was sort of the 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 morning after um until about maybe two o'clock i was kind of hung over uh i had my second one on monday just there uh and i was fine the next day no issues at all aside from a slightly sore arm so Mm -hmm. i had it on monday fine on tuesday fine on wednesday today my nose just started like running just like just like torrent like gushing like a waterfall i'm not joking right this is a little bit gross so if you're if you're not into gross stuff don't don't listen for a few seconds I, I, I bent over, I was putting some books back on the bookshelf, and my nose just, like, ran and just, like, dripped onto the floor. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? Wow, okay, I've never experienced that. Yeah. I was Jeez. like, what, what the hell? It I mean, are you like, feeling all right otherwise? Yeah, I'm fine. Like, I had a bit okay. of a headache, but then that went as well. Um, and it literally was, like, a one and done. Like, just... And I was... Okay, Weird. I guess I just had to get that out of the system. Somehow. Human body's just such a bizarre thing. They're they're <laughs> both wonderful and disgusting in very mm. much equal measure. Like the human, how we function as a species baffles me sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so um, I was saying, uh, funnily enough, I was saying this to Iona um, the uh, uh, over the weekend. They missed a trick. And I, I, when I say they, I don't know who they really are, government or whatever. The they should have had like a Pokemon Go style app so that you could register, like join your vaccine team, and like all the vac, like the different vaccine teams could battle in some way. I don't know. Yeah, we should definitely be making a game out of this, you know, life saving <laughs> vaccine, Josh. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, it, it a little bit of fun. Could encourage people who might be reticent to come forward and maybe educate people as to the benefits of taking a vaccine. So that's, ah! fair. that's fair. And and much like Pokemon Go, you'd have like obviously, uh, you'd have say your AstraZeneca's the red team and your mm-hmm. Pfizer's the blue team and your anti-vaxxers are the yellow team, and everyone would hate them. So it makes <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Oh, excellent, excellent. Should we, anyway, uh, should we talk about some news? I was just about to say, <laughs> 15 minutes in, let's talk about some board gaming stuff uh, or tabletop gaming stuff or, or what have you. Uh, Tom, you, you've got a couple of things to, yeah, I've to got, bring. I've got quite a bit of, uh, of D&D-centric and or adjacent uh, sort of announcements that we've had, mm-hmm. not just this week, but over the last couple of weeks because I, I wasn't on uh, last week. So there's two new books coming out for 5th edition D&D. 
that have been announced in the past couple of weeks. The first one is a new adventure module uh, mm -hmm. called The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. And the reason why I, I mentioned this one, this is um, it's a Feywild-based adventure, which is quite interesting. For those of you who mm -hmm. don't know what the, the Feywild is, it's, it's a, an alternate world, a different plane, if you will, um, that is very much about uh, the the plane of where fairies come from, mm -hmm. which makes it sound quite nice, but it's not. Um, yeah. It's a very primal, very uh, chaotic world. Uh, mm -hmm. If you imagine kind of the original Alice in Wonderland, where it's a little more twisted, um, yes. you, you get a little bit closer to, to what the Feywild is. So that's quite cool. Um, it's an adventure module. I imagine there'll be some, some other material in there as there usually is with these. What I really like about it um, is is just the, the front cover of the book. Mm -hmm. um, and it's this, it's got two people on it, well, people in inverted commas, two creatures mm -hmm. on it. Uh, one's a humanoid in like a jester outfit. And then behind him, there's this really stoic, heavy set individual in like a suit and a top hat. <laughs> She's just quite a, nice. a fun little uh, a little contrast. Um, so that's coming out, and that's going to be quite interesting. Perhaps a little more exciting, and something I think you'll appreciate, Josh, if you uh, you haven't heard about. I think this. I think I know what you're about to say. Yeah, I think I saw this announcement. I just take the wind out of my sails now. That's that's it. Well, no, carry on, carry on. <laughs> you're going to have to edit a second because my page is just shut down. Okay. <laughs> or will I? <laughs> just have me awkwardly clicking on things until I can get it open. So, yeah, they've announced uh, a new setting book. Um, it's not a setting we're unfamiliar with, uh, but it is one that you will certainly be familiar with, Josh, and that is Strixhaven, uh, the Curriculum of Chaos. Yes. So this is going to be... Uh, they've done, obviously, quite a few of the Magic the Gathering settings now uh, for D&D, release them as their own source book. Mm -hmm. And they're releasing this one for, for Strixhaven. I, I'm assuming probably because the set's been quite popular. Um, but even so, I suppose they've been planning it for some time, so they must have just assumed it was it was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, I've, there's not been a lot out about it because it's literally just been announced. But what we have seen is there's been some playtest material released. What, what wizards tend to do, which is quite a good idea, is they will release something called Unearthed Arcana, where they will put some of the things that are going to appear in new books into it so that you can access it before it's released and you can play test it and give feedback sure um, yeah so then they can make amendments i imagine before it goes to print mm -hmm. in case something's unbalanced or you know there's, there's negative feedback or whatever um and the the unearthed arcana we've had for strixhaven which i think is quite cool is there are five colleges that you yes. can attend in strixhaven and they've released basically subclasses for each of these colleges so if you want oh, to make neat. a character that comes from one of these colleges you can do that and what i like about it i had a quick read over it this afternoon you you don't have to be a wizard uh you don't even have to be an arcane caster there's mm -hmm. stuff for warlocks druids bards you know that there's different colleges that play into different classes so even though strixhaven is obviously you would imagine it as quite wizard sorcerer heavy it, there's not there's something for a lot of casters in there um, so I'm really looking forward to this. I, I really like the the magic source books because um, mm -hmm. I quite as much as I don't play magic maybe as much as you do anymore. I, I still find the setting quite interesting. Uh, oh yeah, the narrative behind it. So yeah, there's been uh, these two books uh, announced over the past few weeks. Really excited about those. Um, what are your thoughts on on those, Josh? 
I, I mean, they, they both sound neat. Uh, I am definitely more interested in the Strixhaven one. Um, Strixhaven in general has been a bit of a... It's... Uh, You'll recall over previous, like a few episodes back, it's actually rekindled my interest in magic because I was I was off it for a, a quite a bit of the year last year, but mm. now I'm uh, I'm really got the the buzz again for it uh, because of this set. I think um, uh, so. It makes sense to uh, have a source book in this set. Well, I think it makes sense because there's something quite appealing about this setting. Uh, not just that it's. I think a lot of people write it off as being a Harry Potter copycat. It's not really when you look into it. I mean, for a start, Harry Potter is by no means the only like uh, fictional uh, school for wizards. Like there's plenty before Harry Potter came about. So they've drawn on a lot of different things, you know, like stuff like the, the College of Magic in Discworld and uh, Worst Witch and all of that sort of stuff. Hmm. Um, it feels more like, imagine if um, wizards and druids and sorcerers and the like all went to like an American college, right? And they had dorm rooms and that sort of stuff. That's the kind of vibe I get from Strixhaven. So that that appeals to me. The, the fact that they've done away with the big overarching story in Magic the Gathering kind of helps as well. I think I think I wasn't the only one that was a bit tired of the, the Gatewatch plot line mm. by the time it had seen its conclusion in war of the spark um so i'm as a sort of it almost feels like quite a light-hearted setting mm-hmm. uh which i like i think that's a, a good mode for for magic the gathering so to, um, to go back to your point there i, I would mm-hmm. argue slightly because i am prone to do that while i appreciate harry potter is not the only you know magic college setting it's certainly mm. one of if not the most prolific one right yeah, it's it's the it's the one that comes to people's minds. Yeah, and I would I would say I think there's been some clever marketing struck decision making on on wizards' parts here because if you look at like where wizards get the majority of their money from on magic, it's not like teenagers and stuff. It's mm-hmm. from people our age that have disposable yes. income to spend on pieces of paper and card, right? So the people that enjoyed Harry Potter as children and teenagers are now reaching kind of our age or or not too far from it where they have this disposable income and then you've got this setting that kind of rings that nostalgia bell um i think there's been a little bit of a ah this is yeah it i i I, so there's a bit of a conspiracy theory and it might not be without merit that this actually in the design stage started life as an outright harry potter set Mm -hmm. um and for one reason or another um, they dropped it. I, the, the the theory that I commonly hear is that um, Magic: The Gathering has a huge LGBTQ uh, plus um, following, and just Google J.K. Rowling controversy, and you'll understand why mm. um, uh, people are very annoyed with her. So that there's that theory is banded about. I don't know if that's true. I th- I, I think maybe they they started the design process and go. Oh, wouldn't it be fun to do something a bit like Harry Potter? I, mm. I don't know if they'd have got down, gone down the whole route of actually getting the license for it. Yeah. Um, but and, and like again, I think um, the decision to set it at more like college age taps into people of our age's nostalgia as well, because you know we look back on our university years with 
some rose-tinted glasses. Um, well, I, I do anyway. Remember mine. <laughs> For obvious reasons. <laughs> Um, no, that's fair. That's a fair point, and and I think it is a good idea. Um, mm. And I, I kind of hope they do keep doing these these magic tie-in books because as much as I do like, you know, the books for specifically D and D content, it's a nice crossover. And the the more they do with it, I think is it's a good way to blend the two brands, um, yeah. and, and certainly tap that that for both audience. Continuing on on D and D themed content. Um, so last week, uh, Critical Role came to the end of their second campaign. Um, wow! How long was that running for? It's about three, three years. Three. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good innings for a campaign. Yeah, for, for all so. you hear on the internet of people having single campaigns that run decades, most of the time they fizzle out in like months, if that. Yeah. For for every campaign that runs, you know, multiple years, there are hundreds that don't make it past, you know, <laughs> six months. Yeah, uh, and I I can attest that myself. I'm I'm a stickler for keeping games running, and even I've had plenty of a uh, abandoned games or TPKs or you know whatever that that stops a campaign in its tracks one way or another. Um, but it was on that note. Um, there was a bit of online controversy, and I I do sort of finger quotes for that because He's, yeah, I can confirm for the listeners uh, that uh, Tom is doing air quotes while he's saying that. It's, it's because, like, I just think online controversy is, is just ridiculous. You know, it's keyboard warriors at their best. Um, and it, it was basically this uh, a bit of backlash because they ended the campaign. So it, it did come a little bit out of left field, I won't lie. Like, even I was a bit like, what, it's ending? That's quite sudden. Because it was just kind of announced two weeks before okay. it happened. Um, and it got, like, a the story got a full wrap-up. You know, like, the major mm-hmm. plot points were, were closed off in... Uh, what I felt was a, a really good way. Um, but a lot of people kind of were like, oh, you know, they're only level 15. There's still, you know, plenty of plenty of levels to go. There's mm-hmm. still some stories that haven't quite been finished up. And there were, like, a few subplots and, you know, minor character bits that, that maybe hadn't been fully explored. Um, but I, I was talking to a friend of mine about it, and I said, well, I, I kind of feel like it was the right decision because they had covered off all the major plot beats mm-hmm. and i don't feel that every story like every element of a story needs to be closed off or needs to be explained you know sometimes it's nice to have some some threads that yeah. can be picked up elsewhere well in in the context of running a D game it's nice to have those threads because if people ever want to revisit those characters that that gives the gm something to like create maybe a one shot out of right yeah. you know tidying that little bit up Exactly, and mm. and this is stuff they have done uh, with the previous campaign as well. You know, they've done some some threads that were picked up in uh, one shot adventures. You know, these um, big events they do, but mm-hmm. it it ties into a, an interesting point, and I will come back to to Critical Role in a minute. But I was watching a film the other day, uh, and it's a film called Yesterday. I don't know if you've seen it. It's about the Beatles stop existing. Do you know, like I. I have never watched it, and uh, I, I, the Beatles are like one of my favorite bands, so I, I should watch it. Okay. I don't know. The, the premise just seems a little dumb. But, like... I really enjoyed it, right? So, so right. I, okay. I have no interest in the Beatles at all. Like, I'm, I'm aware of them. I think they've done some good music, but I'm not a big fan. Um, but without spoiling anything, the whole film plays out, and and there's this premise that the the Beatles never existed, but one person still remembers them. Or at least one mm-hmm. person still remembers them. And one thing I really enjoyed about the film was it never explains it. 
it never actually explains <laughs> why that happens. Even when the film ends, the character doesn't really even question it. It's just sort of like, that's weird. How can I All use right, this to well, my advantage? You know, yeah. and it's and I watched it and I was talking to Scott after it and I said, you know, so often in films and stories these days, they feel the need to explain everything in minutia. And, mm-hmm. you know, everything has to have uh, an intricate backstory to it. And it was nice to have a film where, th- although that is the main um, sort of proximate cause of the plot, it it's not really relevant to the story it's trying to tell. Which yeah. is, you know, what would happen if that scenario played out and this individual had that knowledge and, and things that went forward with that. And I said it was really nice just to have that and a, fil- a film that doesn't feel the need to explain everything, tying that back to what I was saying... Mm-hmm. I think it's quite nice that there are some plots threads that don't get rounded up, and you know, it's you can either have your own idea of what happens there, or they can revisit it later, and and yeah, I just think that's a that's a nice kind of change of pace. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair. I mean, like a similar sort of movie trope is uh, zombie movies. Like, how many zombie movies were made better when they explained why the zombies were there? Mm. None. No, they're never better for it. Just yeah. except zombies have happened, and you, uh, the characters just have to deal with it. That's the interesting part. Yeah. Um. Just back on Critical Role, and people complaining. Well, they're only level fifteen. People realise you don't have to play your characters up to level twenty, right? Yeah. We, I think we all people, understand that. Some people see that as like you know that's when it should end when you hit level twenty, and you know that, and and I understand you know. If you're really enjoying something, you want it to keep going, but sometimes you're better off just rounding something off, you know, when it's played its part. As mm-hmm. much as I did enjoy the ending, when I was talking to my friend Ryan, I did say, you know, I, I kind of feel like the last arc has kind of dragged a bit, and I do kind of just want it to, to get to the end, and they stuck the landing, which was really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I think perhaps that was the, the best way to go about it. Off the back of that, uh, a couple of hours ago, they've announced... Uh, they will be doing campaign three, but before yes. that starts, they're doing a little uh, sort of sub-story, I suppose, where they're getting some different people to come in. So they're keeping some of the original crew, uh, but for, I think it's like an eight-episode arc, they're doing something called Exandria Unlimited, and they're actually handing the reins to a different GM uh, for oh. that eight-episode arc, and they've got some different players coming in as well. Um, really not said much more than that. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than naming who they are, but I can't remember them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they've got a, they've got a nice sort of uh, mix of people. And I, and funnily enough, I was saying uh, to to a friend after that that as much as I'm looking forward to campaign three and, and you know uh, Matt Mercer taking control and and having the original cast, it's going to be quite nice to have a bit of a different group of people. Because yeah. you know, you, even as a player and a GM yourself sometimes playing with the same people things get in a bit of a rut and you know people get into routines and habits and, and things like that and it's nice to just mix things up a bit so as as much as I'm glad the original crew will be coming back for campaign 3 I wouldn't have actually minded if this Exandria Unlimited became or was campaign 3 and it was a new you know or a, a partially new uh, crew yeah yeah well we'll find out in good time no doubt it, this might be the time that I hop on the critical role train. Then, it's, the, Tom looks doubtful. He's right to be doubtful. Because as well. you um, you had this exact conversation with me three years ago when <laughs> campaign two started. We were Fair. in 
we were in my living room, not 20 feet away from where I'm sitting now. And you were like, oh, uh, I think I might get in on, on campaign two. And then like three months later, I was like, how are you finding campaign two? And you were like, oh, I've not watched it. And I was like, well, you've only got like 12 episodes to catch up on. And you were like, oh, well, that's like 50 hours of content. And I was like, yeah, it is. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll just, I'll maybe just give it a miss. That's fair. <laughs> so I just, I just don't believe you when you say you're going to watch yeah, things. No. No, I like you. You're right not to. You're right not to. I've been hurt too many times, Josh. Does it? I mean, does it bother you that I don't watch certain things? Of course, it doesn't. Okay, Outside sure. of our our uh, our theatrics, if you yeah. will. Um, it. I think I said on a previous episode. It it baffles me. It doesn't bother me. Like right. how you can't be up to date with things like the MCU. I just. I, it's just so much of like the popular culture zeitgeist. It, how can you not? Like, I know people I know. that have no interest, negative interest in superheroes. There are, and and I don't mean to like, you know, say that this is not uh, conventional, but there are like middle-aged women that I work with that I would never have imagined were into mm-hmm. like superhero movies that are mad about like the the MCU content and stuff like that. You know, it's so many people from different age groups and cultures and backgrounds all really interested in this and, and you my fellow nerd are like eh whatevs yeah. <laughs> I'll maybe so, watch like, it that's it like I don't know I can't explain it I'm just I don't feel compelled to spend my time doing that that's fair so, yeah. and that is fair and as I say yeah. doesn't bother just baffles baffles cool what about you, Josh? Um, give us give us some news from your side of the table. Yeah, so uh, the, uh, just sort of to round the episode off, um, one of the um, one of the content creators that I uh, partake in on YouTube are the Command Zone, uh, the very popular Magic Gathering podcast that focus surprise surprise on the Commander format. They do a monthly show called Game Night, where it's basically a recording of them and with, with guests playing a game of Commander. Uh, they've had some relatively well-known people sort of within the nerdverse. Um, the nerd sphere, maybe, was a better word for that, but whatever. Um, in it, and they've had, um, I think, hitherto now, and I forget his name now, so I feel a bit bad, but they've had an NFL player on it okay. uh, previously as well. But, uh, as of recording, last night they scored their biggest celebrity... Post Malone. Post Malone plays Magic the Gathering, ladies and gentlemen. And not only does he play it, his deck was legit. Like, it was... <laughs> it was scary. Like, was so, it actually his deck as well? Like, he brought his yes. own deck from home? Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, no, he, it turns out that he is uh, mad into Magic the Gathering. He gave a shout-out to the gaming store that he goes to in L.A., and that he buys all of his cards from. Um, And, yeah, it was... So we've seen this sort of thing done before, Uh, most notably um, the D... Was it Matt Mercer who was doing that one-shot D&D thing with Vin Diesel? Yeah, uh, yeah, there's been a couple of celebrities that they've played D&D with, so Vin Diesel was one of them. Uh, He did... It was an American TV. Stephen Colbert. He, he ran a DVD oh, yes. game for for Stephen Colbert. Uh, they've had a couple of a couple of names on there, um, but but yeah, I think Vin Diesel's probably one of, if not the biggest, 
I think there was one. There was a D and D game where uh, the Big Show from WWE was in it as well. Oh, uh, nice! That was that was <laughs> random. Uh, but yeah, there's been there's been a a few celebs. I, there are quite a few celebrities that play Magic as well. Um, I know. I don't know if you you ever watched it, but there was Spell Slingers that uh, Day Nine yes. used to present for Geek and Sundra. He had quite a few celebrities in in inverted commas. Uh, I think. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I was plays. just about to say Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like the one that comes to mind. Felicia mm. Day as well plays Magic: The Gathering, or mm-hmm. the, um, uh, and oh, I'm sure I'm forgetting. Brandon Ruth uh, plays it as well. Seth oh, Rogen plays it as well. Um, there so there we are a few a few names out there, but that's that's pretty cool. I don't really know Post Malone that well. The only I was just about to say I don't, I don't think I could name a song by him. Is it bad that I? Like I, when it's Post Malone, uh, I thought I first thought, oh, that's the guy who uh, did some Nirvana covers a little while back. <laughs> See, I know him as the, and, and tying back to what we were talking about earlier, he did one of the songs for Into the Spider Verse, the uh, the animated Spider Man film. <laughs> well, apparently, is is he not a big Pokemon fan as well? Did he do some music for a recent Pokemon film? And was it um, Detective Pikachu by any chance? Might have been, yeah. Yeah. And um, he did. Uh, well, I th- what what I thought was really cool. Uh, it, uh, Game Nights has a new theme so- uh, theme tune now for its opening credits, and he he's composed the music for it. Okay, so That's imagine cool. imagine how mad that would be. Like, have you you've got your like little? I mean, they're not little anymore. The the command zone is pre- pretty damn huge as mm. far as podcasts go. But you know, you've got your podcast, and oh yeah, the our, our intro music's composed by Post Malone. I'd be interested right. to know, and you, you maybe know this from watching it. Did did they reach out to him, or did he reach out to them? No idea. They did not. Um, they did not allude to which way round it was. It was sponsored by Wizards of the Coast. So mm-hmm. what I suspect has happened is someone at Wizards got wind that he plays, and they reached out to him mm-hmm. and said, "Look, can you do a collab with these guys?" And yeah, yeah, that's okay. quite cool. I mean. Good, good, good on him for, uh, for for being a good sport and like taking part in everything. Uh, it's um, it's it's worth a watch. It's not like because the only other one I've seen uh, similar was Vin Diesel. And personally, in fact, I think I recall talking to you about that. It, the Vin Diesel D and D is a little bit cringy because it feels yeah. like they're all fawning over him, um, yeah. which you probably would do if Vin Diesel was in the room with you, but. It's, it was a tricky one to watch, right? and I, I don't think it's so much that they were fawning over him, although there is, I certainly could see that read on it. It it felt to me like Vin Diesel, <laughs> I mean no disrespect when I say this, Vin Diesel is a shit D&D player, right? And I, I don't, I don't want to cast shade, like, but he's not good. Like, if you if you go go to YouTube and, and just watch like a few minutes of it, he's, he's really not very entertaining. And the cast are actually like trying to kind of like draw him in and like you know kind of you know please do something interesting you know mm-hmm. you're a, you're a celeb and they're they're kind of it's it's a bit like to use a sports metaphor which I I wouldn't use a lot but you're playing basketball and you toss the ball to someone and they're just they just kind of stand like a statue you know and it just bounces off their chest and <laughs> and hits the deck that's kind of what it feels like when you're you're watching it um, it's yeah it just kind of really doesn't give what you would kind of expect and I don't know if he really wanted to be there or you know it was much like that when you were referencing there there was a sponsorship tied to it so i wonder if like he'd just gone for the 
you know the sponsorship side of things mm-hmm. but the reason why i asked you if who who contacted who was i just c- think it's kind of funny and i know obviously you're saying this uh this stream's quite big now but they're obviously not celebrities right they're not like a household name uh outside no, of the no. community um just imagine like to put it in our context imagine like we're you know just going about our business on a wednesday afternoon and you get an email off like i don't know justin bieber like oh i want to come on and and be on the unlucky frog podcast and you'd be like what like what, what? where's this coming from you know just a well, i mean that that would that would be well that's spam and if it's real <laughs> I'm, I'm if it's real then i'm sorry i'm not having justin bieber on like I've got, uh, you'd have just justin for, bieber on what yeah, would, what would we talk about well, I assume if he's emailing us, he wants to talk about board games. He's not just like, right, can okay. I come on and I want to promote my group and my new album on the Unlucky Frog Gaming podcast. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it'd be about board games. I mean, Justin Bieber's maybe not the best example, but it, for some reason he popped into my head because uh, it's just a bit out there. You know, it's a bit random. Mm-hmm. But that's like, I imagine they were just sitting there one day, you know, like an email comes in from his, presumably his agent in this scenario. Yeah. And like, oh, you know, Post Malone wants to come on and play Magic. He'd be like, Nah, that's a someone's yeah. bamming me up. <laughs> pulling my leg. But that's good. That's a good shout from him. And, and it's the fact that he's then composed uh, some some music for him is. I know, right? That that was quite. I was quite. Oh, that's 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 really kind of him. Yeah, yeah, right? that is, it's, that's really good. I it, it reminds me. It's not quite related, but back when I was like at school and that, I used to listen to Radio One on the way to mm-hmm. to, to school and um they used to get like they'd obviously have celebs come on and interview them about you know their new film or their new book or whatever um and they'd always try and get like a jingle off them you know like Mm -hmm. uh my name's tom jones and i listen to radio one in the morning and stuff like that and (laughs) just there's there's a couple of times that they try and do it and like the celebrity Mm -hmm. be like no i'm not doing that you know if i'll do it if you pay me and stuff like that you know just just random slightly dickish celebrities um But to, to go on and be like, not only are you endorsing them, you're you're actually making something for them. That's mm-hmm. that's, fa- that's a fairly class act from someone who doesn't look like that much of a class act. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, yeah, he, 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 this is another point I was going to make. I think uh, the nice thing about him being on game nights, it, it demonstrates that uh, he doesn't look like the kind, a kind of nerdy person or mm. someone who's even potentially nerdy mm. um I, I, when i say this i don't mean any disrespect to joseph gordon levitt he's a cool guy but like looking at him it's kind of like yeah i'm not surprised he'd be into magic the gathering i could yeah. i could pitch him he's he's the right sort of age for like remembering it from the 90s so like i could i could see him being into that Post Malone does not fit into the the stereotype of being into tabletop gaming by any stretch. Mm. So I think it's cool that like we've got a, a you know a big celebrity that demonstrates you know this hobby these hobbies are for everyone and anyone. And I think that's more it's becoming more and more prevalent now because mm-hmm. I remember back in the day like when when I was a teenager and, and you found out like Robin Williams was into like D and D and and Warhammer and stuff like that. And it was yeah. mind blowing, you know, to have a celebrity say, especially someone of that caliber, to say, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like this nerdy hobby that wasn't part of the niche community. Um, and I mean, we didn't really have it back then because we didn't have the internet in the same mm-hmm. way. So when you had like, you know, these these big names 
coming out as you know being interested in these these kinds of hobbies it was mind-blowing but now because they're becoming more i don't want to say mainstream but kind of mainstream yeah um you're seeing more people coming out as being you know like um henry cavill uh, is a big gamer um mm-hmm. you know and he talks about that quite a lot and more and more celebrities are are showing affinity for things like D and uh, world of warcraft and magic and board games and all this kind of stuff uh which is great you know it's it, and i think it's it's stuff like that not entirely but certainly a, a portion of that that's changed the perception because when i was at school if you were interested in magic and you were interested in D and you were interested in warhammer it was it was like you know um, it's rough. Um, yeah, it was. A, it was <laughs> it, a negative was, brand, you know. That was, it was rough. <laughs> your, your brand was forever marked. You know, your card was marked. You were, you were on the bottom of the the social ladder um, because you know you went mm-hmm. into a, a classroom and played Magic the Gathering at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now, I mean, I, I obviously don't know for sure, but I certainly get the impression that that's less of a thing now uh, than it was back in the day, and and it's becoming you know quite commonplace for. I mean, I got bullied for reading like Marvel comics on the bus going yeah. to school. Like that's cr- that would seem that. crazy, yeah. a crazy concept now, right? Like Marvel comics are, as I said earlier, you know, they're part of the the mainstream uh, pop culture, and mm-hmm. it's just it's it's mental. It's it's a totally different, it's a different world, mate. It's getting old. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It it's is a, a facet of the world that's actually got better. Which, yeah, which is counter to most things. And on that cheery note, shall we shall we call it an evening? Yeah, why not? Let's end on a cheery note for a change. Yeah, right. Uh, well, look, as always, guys, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye.